Hello. Hi, Mike. Hi, Mike. Are you talking to the mic or Mike? I'm talking to the mic and I'm talking to the mic. New setup this week. Yeah, so welcome to IRC Book Club. We're on a new setup this week. We're uh, hoping to up our audio quality for our lovely, wonderful and loyal listeners who uh, prefer the podcast to the To seeing us? What's that about? Why would you not want to look at me and you? Exactly, exactly. You know, that talk about the... We're in our hippie set with our, 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 our modern day... Um... Atomizer. <laughs> Atomizer, yeah. I think it's nice when we get a bit of the sandalwood in there. A psychologically calming effect. You know, Keith Rosen could learn a thing or two about bringing sales teams together with uh, aromatherapy. Do you reckon? Yeah, deffers, deffers. So this week we're on a new book. Uh, we are. Listeners, friends and colleagues... The book is, Mike, do you want to introduce it? The book is called Sales Leadership by Keith Rosen, Keith Rosen, who will be joining us on the show in the fifth week from now. So I think Lauren's got the, the schedule. I think we posted it on Amateur. LinkedIn. Amateur, left my phone on. Oh, schoolboy error. So um, <laughs> I think Lauren's got the schedule. We posted it on LinkedIn. We'll keep posting it. We're covering this week chapters one to three. I think next week we're going to cover chapters four to eight, aren't we? Next week. Oh, we doing four. Well, yeah, whatever, next week's a yeah. big week for us. But the the overall cadence will be that over the next four weeks we'll cover the book, and then the week after that we've actually got the author on the show to do a live Q and A. So listen along, read along. If you're a sales leader, this is one's particularly pertinent. If you're not a sales leader, it's going to be great because you're going to be telling your sales leader how to manage you. So in time on a uh, fashion mic, I know for a fact you won't have read the preface of this book. Do you know what I did, actually? Right. Let's begin with the preface. I did. And I've got to say, unlike me, I actually also read all the comments and recommendations. Right. I've actually read pretty much every page. And I've got to say, I mean, normally these books are just all the other, all the different authors kissing each other's ass. There's some top people here wow. who have made the comments. And the Tony Owens, President of Salesforce. Nathan Stone, Country Manager for Google. David Judo, Microsoft. Channing Ferrer, HubSpot. Yeah, and yes. it just goes on and on and on. And, and they're not lo they're not low-level guys either. These, these are, are all top-hitting people going. Senior-level people. This is great, this is great, this is great. And actually, I'm glad I read that. Um, but they're just, then the preface is obviously a good place to start, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So, Mike, I, I'm just going to check with this being a new setup. Lauren, are you happy with Mike's audio here? Can we say something, Lauren? <laughs> yeah, because I know you, the mic's quite a long way away from you. Right, I'll move, I'll move close to it. This is my first my, time on my, live TV. My, on live TV. Yeah. You, might, you might just want to lift that a little bit. Okay, so let's get cracking. So, yeah, the, I, I did like the preface. I, I'm a big fan of a preface to a book. Um... And there was a couple of I things in it. I didn't like his story, actually, but anyway. Really? At least he's made of a story about a king, who cares? It's a metaphor. Yeah, I know. It's a bad metaphor, isn't it? A meta well, metaphors are great. I like metaphors. I speak in metaphors a lot, but all, anyway. All the time, yeah. Absolutely. So, um, I like the opening story. It got me thinking. Um, and it, and it, it, it lays out this whole concept of, and where a lot of the book is going to go, is about the coaching conversation between a sales leader and a salesperson. Also, it? It, 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 it raises a very good point, which is very often people end up as sales leaders because they were the best salesperson. Oh, God, yeah. Not because, they're, not because they've got the right skills to be a sales leader. Now, we see that a lot. I mean, a lot. 
Yes. A lot. Yeah. A lot. And I, I think I'm, Keith Rosen is right on the money with that. I mean, I've experienced it personally. I, I, I had my first leadership job at 25, and I had the whole team resign within the first six months. Um, but that's exactly... No, the, you, that's, you, you were the only one who stayed. But that's exactly the point that Rosen's talking about, really, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Wasn't skilled to do the job. And the other bit about the book, actually, is it's my preface to the book, which is I've read loads and loads and loads of sales books. Yeah. I've not read a sales leadership book before. No. So I, this is a bit like having never eaten a Chinese and walking into a Chinese restaurant. Well, it's a it takes an explosion know, for but you. But it is though, isn't it? It's yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. So I, 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 I like, there's a couple of things that, that I just got out of the preface. The key to being a great leader is understanding what your people want and expect from you. But more important, why they want it. When leading your team to a shared goal and vision, they need to understand not only what they need to do, but also why they're doing it and what's in it for them so they can see how they can personally benefit. So sometimes, as, I, as I've read the first few chapters of this book, and I have to say, actually, this is the probably the book that thus far I've enjoyed the most on the show. It, there's a lot of comments in it that are very obvious, and maybe I'm enjoying it a lot because I've been through the mill and back again as a sales manager in my career, and it's sort of hit a couple of quiet oh, raw listen, nerves. Oh, listen, I've got to tell you, you know, Five pages in, I was already thinking this is a must-read book. Yes. For anybody, because let's get it anybody right. Anybody that's thinking of... Well, I, I would read it if you were a sales guy. I'd read, yeah, that's what I mean. I'd read it sales guy or, or sales manager. Because actually then you read it as a sales guy and you think, actually, have I got what it takes to be a sales manager? Is that me? Not have I got what it takes, but is that me? Yeah. Actually, the way it's written, it doesn't necessarily suit a salesperson per se. If you're an absolute... Let's get it right, Johnny. I'm a lone wolf salesman, really. Yeah. And I read this book thinking, yeah, I'm not going to manage sales Oh, are you a natural coach? No. I don't think so. I think that's uh, not your style, is it? But that's what, that's my point. That's why it's a must-read. But anyway, we're going to cover three chapters, and we've so actually only got to page two. Let's crack, well, absolutely, and we both said this week... We need to crack into the, it. We've enjoyed this book so much, we need to be careful not to end up making the show two and a half hours long. Yes. Um, so the first chapter is called Preparing for the Cultural Evolution. Um, and the first bit that I highlighted here was on page 28, of uh, 291 is that coincident coincidental no that was page got? two yeah so it's number two uh, i've got 28 of 291 and basically he's telling this story isn't he about yeah. uh, about some fella um and this is a very true story what he's really talking about is people working in a faceless organization where we don't know anything about our colleagues or well, he's talking, yes but I, and i've written here i'm nervous now keith this doesn't this doesn't always work and you know i'm based on this on some of my own experience We've run bigger teams than the team we've got at IRC at different points where we've really had tremendously close relationships. Well, that's what I mean. Keith is here. He's saying you should have a personal close relationship. You should know your people. But let's get right. There's one guy who worked to in particular where I talk about going through an emotional mill with him. Crikey. Yeah, just for, we were in for, the trenches with the phenomenally. guy. Phenomenally. I mean, I, you know, I don't not get on with him, but you don't get on with him anymore. And you think about the emotional place you're at with the guy. That didn't help us. No. And actually, I'm I, I, um, so I was a bit. So, do you I, think I, managers should get emotionally involved with their employees or not? Because Keith Rosen does, and I got his point. Actually, I thought, yeah, all right. Do I think? Or or have an emotional understanding of what's going on in the background, which is Rosen's point. So, I'm going to use a lot of analogies as we go through this book about coaching, and I'm going to use sports coaching, and I'm going to use examples I get. So, does Bielsa have a really close personal relationship with his players at Leeds? He doesn't. Does. Dave Ferner, the new coach at Leeds Rhinos, have close personal relationships with them. 
he'll know enough about them to ask how's the wife how's the kids you have a nice weekend yeah good great to see you back at training good to see you putting a good shift in today but do you think he's really close no because at some point he's got to make tough decisions what would patty mccord say Wood would say she'd say the same yeah she'd say, she'd say the same as rosen no, no she'd say the same as rosen i don't know. i think she would so you need to know intrinsically what their skill set is what drucker say and what, and what drives them drucker would say you need to know what the skills are and what motivates yeah he drucker wouldn't care less would he no you have, like to, to, drucker, you yeah. have to know what the names of their kids are you skill sets are and what and, and, can, and have they got the skills to do that job whereas whereas rosen isn't saying that no and actually i think the best coaches often don't know that much about you they're not that close to you because they're not afraid to say the things that sometimes said now keith rosen's going to say but it's not about what you say it's about the conversations and the questions you ask of the sales guy anyway yes yes but at some point in any sales leadership conversation i'll say some hard stuff sometimes I'll say no. Yeah, yeah. Can anyway, I have, can I go with that deal? No, you can't. I know. Listen, we need to keep on on track yeah, here. Let's keep time. on it. The next thing I looked at was when companies and personal values clash. Now I've got to tell you, this isn't a sales show for inward revenue, but it's a sales show for inward revenue. How often <laughs> do we try and talk to our clients about understanding their culture and hiring salespeople that fit into their culture? About how often? Do All we... the time. And do they? How often do they do it? But most of our clients don't really get culture. Correct. I always talk to the candidates about the cultural alignment of where they're going to play. And, and, and actually, this is what Rosen's talking about here. He's saying, if your company and your personal values clash, then it's going to be difficult to manage of the people to listen to you. Correct. That comes back to hiring. Uh, I've said that later on. Have you right, Tony? Yeah, I agree completely. And maybe we'll come back to it again. But for me, a lot of what actually makes for good coaching is good hiring. Correct. 100%. Because if you're, you've got to hire, firstly, you've got to hire people who are coachable. If that's what you want. And want to be coached. But if that's what you want. If you're a massive corporate, you just put like a, a, a you know, a, 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 somebody in a position in a matrix, why coach? Turn up, do the job or I'll fire you. Yes. That's simple, isn't it? Well, I, one of the things I've written much later on as we get into some of the later chapters is, I think there's almost a curve here um, where... At a salary level, as you go further up, the nature of the relationship changes between sales professional. Now, I hope one of the people I'm working with at the minute is, is actually listening to this because he's, he's we're talking about he was talking about the value that the company give him, and I think there's an indifference curve. I would say actually, is that the phrase I'm looking for? So I, I think there's an indifference curve which shows a relationship between. I'll tell you what, it's lovely working here. I'll warm your slippers before you walk in the office, but I'm going to pay you twenty grand. I'm correct. I'm going to pay you 20, 35, 40k. But it's lovely. But, or, it's, but it's really nice. But it's nice. lovely, and we and marketing's good, and we're going to get you some leads, and we're nice people to work for. And, and if it, your kids are poorly, we're going to we're going to give you allowances. Hey, we might even knock thirty grand off your target. And yes. then there's a point at which where there's where it gets a, to eighty k, where people go eighty k, ninety k, hundred k, hundred and ten, hundred and twenty k. One, should I really be coaching a guy on one hundred and twenty k? Oh, I don't know. You see, I think I think you should be coaching them. But I think the environmental side of what the company has to offer should be less. Correct. So the one, hygiene I'm not of it. Sure, should I be really coaching a senior level performer? Because actually, more often than not, I see at that level. Well, you buy, the clients want to buy a sure a sure thing. I'm paying you 120 grand because I don't have to coach you. I'm paying you 120 grand because I want to wind you up. Say go that way, and I'll see you in three months. Well, I'm buying a sure bet, Anna. You know, if I'm paying 100k, I'm buying a result. Yes, I'm buying the result. I'm Whereas actually, if I'm paying 50k, 
I'm buying, I'm buying somebody... 50% of the result and I'm going to add the other 50%. Correct. I have to add the val- I, add a, I have to add a significant yeah, so, element of the value. Anyway, but what we're talking about when company and personal values clash and it says, does your company culture reflect your people and their personal values? Interesting that. Because <laughs> I think that's a very difficult one. For does most... your culture reflect not just your corporate vision but your team vision? I'll tell you now. Yeah, okay. 99% of the clients, if they answered that question, they'd get rid of 80% of their sales force. Yeah. And I think a lot of candidates would leave a lot of jobs if they really asked, does this company really meet? And is, is this company's values congruent with my personal values? Yes, I agree. But equally, and the point he makes is, it's a much bigger thing than just having a value statement on the wall at head office. Yes, it is. But I think if when Rosen comes on the show, you know, I'm, I'm going to pick into him a lot. Not out of criticism. I think the book's brilliant, actually. But just for more thought. But, but for a, come on, Rosen, how are clients going to get that right? I've got to tell you, I've stopped asking clients what the because A, very few can truly answer, and B, I haven't actually. I think very few don't know. I, I haven't. I, I, I try and make an assessment on it. I think it's interesting when you meet a client. But you often pick up on it implicitly rather than You explicitly. pick on it when you sat in the office. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, so uh, I don't mean to, to rush through this, but it's caught, you know, we've been in and then he an starts, and it starts getting interesting. He, he talks about this story about uh, Carlos... Um, and he says, Carlos explained the challenge he was experiencing with one of the sales reps. The first bit of coaching Carlos received started with, here's what you should And what Good, we're going to do that a lot. And, and, well, I've done it a million times. And I, I wrote here, he, he think Well, he, he used says, to make me write, for, write a script. Four main reasons why managers don't coach. They think they're coaching, but they're not. They had awful training. There is no company wide alignment on what coaching is. There is no plan or process to ensure consistent, effective coaching or they're not being coached themselves. I wrote my, my little paragraph note was, that's because they don't have the time to coach the answer, so they become directive and tell. Actually, the book goes on to talk about in quite detail. Yes, yes, it? I agree. I don't think that's necessarily all bad, though. Because sometimes, um, sometimes all the managers do is just shout at the salesperson. Yes. And that's a step even worse. At least when they're telling the salesperson yeah, what well, to I, do. Yeah, well, I was t- I was talking to a salesperson the other day. In fact, I, I um, had a little bit of first-hand experience with, with somebody. I know that in one particular call, the sales leader was just saying, well, you need to sell more. I mean, <laughs> Rosen would have a field day, wouldn't he? And, and the sales team were all sat there going, yeah. Tell us. And it was a sales meeting, and the sales manager was stood at the front really getting into like this mad almost psychotic passionate quite literal desk thumping about you guys have got to sell more sales team who are all, all of whom are a bit behind target all sat there thinking yeah exactly so any ideas I, i've heard that so anyway so then we're talking about assessing your culture and measurable roi of coaching which i think you know we like i say we could spend an hour on each page yeah but and I, and I, i've just put in that there's lots of other factors at play here. So let's but boiling down what he's saying, though, he's giving you a framework that you could yes. use to assess what your culture is, I, I, which it, is a good and thing. And I get that, but I've also, I, I also disagreed with that a little bit because I think, let's take Click or Tableau, the analytics market, right? Great cultures. I bet if you rang any salesperson at Tableau tomorrow, they'd say, culture at Tableau is really great. Well, that's really not because cool. they hired to the right culture. I think one... They hire to the right culture and two, the business is in the right place at the right time and is in its ascendance. Easy to have a great culture in the right place at the right time. Your ascendance and your product development team have made a red 
product that's exactly what the market's buying. It's that easy to have a great sales culture. Okay, yeah, I get your point. My question is, what does an ordinary or a mature company do? And one of the things I'd be looking forward to talking to Keith about when he comes on the show is, all right, what if you're a £30 million company and you're not a major global brand? How easy well, then well, is yeah, it to create but, a great yeah, sales yeah, but, culture? Yeah, but Keith's point will be, hire people that fit into that culture. See, will. That's what I'm saying. It's but right. it's a lot harder to create that really wonderful go-forward culture no, when but actually you you're streetlining no, it yeah, out with no differentiator. Yeah, yeah, but Keith's point is going to be, wonderful means different things to different people. So actually, let's say you're an ERP company, you know, you sell Microsoft Dynamics Correct. Business Communicator 2018. That's, that's exactly the sort of or, environment or wh I'm whatever it is. Hire a guy that fits in, hire a girl that fits into that environment. And then you've got a good, a good fit. He's talking about congruence between the culture and the individual that therefore then creates a coaching culture. And I think he's 100% right. Okay. Anyway, so I, 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 by the way, I like the way he's put this mindful moment in I the like page. That I too. thought that was really, I thought. And helpful. Nicely written. And then from the sidelines. Well, do you know what he's thought? Uh, do you know what I like about it? He's thought about his reader, hasn't he? Good. Really good. He's... Then he's gone to 34 characteristics of a coaching culture. And it's an interesting one here because he's talking about collaboration. So I think that you and I get on reasonably well. It's primarily because I'm such an easy person to work with. But we're, dis <laughs> <laughs> but we're very disjointed in terms of collaboration, if you think about it. Yes, you use we email, want to I use Slack. Well, I don't. I use text. And you use text. I use text. You know my system. So I communicate with law revised Slack. You know my triage management. Slack. And this is for all the people that are watching me. I don't look at my emails that much. If, the, if but, it's urgent, text me. But to be fair, I know... I don't think you're wrong. I was thinking about it the other day because I got a bit frustrated the other day. And then I thought, what am I getting frustrated with? Mike is completely in control of his time and his day and he doesn't want disturbing. You're not wrong. But, but anyway, actually, I just thought... collaboratively, in a small team like ours, actually, you're collaborating in a completely different Well, particularly when we've else. got people that are spread out. You know, let's get it right. We've got a guy that works for us who lives in the Philippines. <laughs> so, you know. the theoretically, it should be homogenous, but it isn't. But, but anyway, I like that. I thought... If you want to figure out, you know, let, let's say you're some sales manager, you know, your team's 60% target, you're thinking, right, how do I coach them? Yep. The first point is, is, have I got a culture that embraces coaching? They're good questions to ask. They were all great. Loved Good it. questions. Loved it. And then and then, it, and then at the uh, seven pillars to achieve cultural excellence, really great questions. Really good. I, I literally, I could spend an hour on each page pretty much. Yeah. And Rosen, if you're watching this, which I hope you are, or Keith, I'll refer to you in you. First name, if you like. I'm a critical bugger when it comes to books. I put them down, I'll throw them out. Yeah, Keith, if you've watched any previous episodes of Book Club, you'll know we don't hold back. And you exactly. Know, you know that we're not particularly gushing with stuff we don't like, so fair play to you, mate. This is great. Uh, there was a comment here that I thought was worth discussing where he talks about leaders taking the pulse of the company's current culture so they have a baseline, and he talks about maybe doing third-party assessments or surveys. I just put people don't fill them in. Oh, my client and I have had this conversation like about Glassdoor. Glassdoor. We had the same conversation about Glassdoor like today. Like Glassdoor, isn't what it? What a just... A... You're, either only, you're either deliriously happy and you're nailing it, and, you, and your boss has said, do us a favour and stick a review on Glassdoor, or you're really... Well, you've been, you've been fired because you weren't very good. Correct, but the honest, hard-working guy in the middle, who's 94% to target last year, yeah, not yeah. quite they don't fill it, in. it, but he's a decent member of society, he's not filling it in. Absolutely. So preparing for your cultural evolution, this talks about, um, this is getting you ready, really, I think, in terms of you're going to bring coaching in, this is what you need to do. Yeah. And actually, he raises seven points, 100%. If you were going to do that, you should follow those two, 100%. Right. And then he talks about whether your coaching is working. And again, 
he has here are 10 questions to figure out whether the culture and the coaching is working. And I mean, as an example, um, you know, his first one is, would you refer people to work for our company? A good question, Keith. It's a, it's, it's a straight to the point, very incisive. Straight to the point, punch in the face question. question. But every question is as good as that. Yeah, I concur. Would you use this questionnaire, Mike? Uh, what do you use questionnaire? Maybe. My nervousness is that people wouldn't be honest. That's my nervousness. So I don't know well. if Laura, I, so I don't know if Laura Krippner's watching this. Probably not. But if if she is, because she doesn't work now. But let's say she was. I've been through something today. I said, "Come on, Krippner, we need your honest feedback." And she's a very bright, intelligent woman. Yep, top girl. Is she gonna give us her honest feedback? Really? Nervous of that, aren't they? Particularly, you've got a teenage daughter. She walks downstairs and says, "Dad, what do I think?" You're thinking. Correct. Correct. Well, actually, you don't say that to her. It's fabulous. Or your wife, or whatever. Yeah. You look great. Absolutely. And uh, uh, people don't fill in these forms. They don't fill in these surveys. I know of one company uh, that I know of where uh, they sent out a company-wide staff employment satisfaction survey and literally nobody returned it. I can believe it. I can believe it. Um, and then what we're talking about... Is then he the, goes on to subculture, doesn't he, which I thought was very useful. Are you past the coaching culture questionnaire? Yes. So the coaching questionnaire is 19. long. There's no point going through it, but no. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in it, and, and absolutely, he's absolutely right. And then he talks about subculture, and he talks about subculture because he says, if you're a big company, getting one culture across the whole com- uh, company is going to be a right pain in the ass. So why don't you create a subculture, a subset of those people? And remember Which when I we think were he's Emis. 100% right. Remember when we were Emis? Slightly different that, isn't it? No, we had a subculture. Yes, it wasn't congruent with theirs, which is why we had to sit on our own. So, so much so that we ended up moving into our own building and creating our, our own little sales. Well, I sat in a room that was formerly a toilet. There was yes. a bath in it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, because people complained about us being on the phone. I know, in the sales <laughs> office. So my favourite line of the book is... It is the responsibility of every manager to insulate their people from the pressure. The pressure umbrella. I, the pre, I immediately remembered the umbrella of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And somebody, a lot of people do somebody that. Somebody once told me it is your job to hold the umbrella over your team. Um, Absolutely. And then he talks. I don't know if you, if you read this. I don't know what page you're on. Something I, I thought was a great question from the sidelines. This is Keith is on the sidelines. You're the 22. manager. Keith says, what can I do today to make yeah. my people more valuable than they were yesterday? I agree. I thought That's it was a really good great. mindset, that. It's a good mindset. Absolutely. What, when you wake up, the first question you ask yourself before starting, you what can I do to achieve my business? Um, yeah, I could get stuck into that a little bit, but I'm not going to because I'm conscious of time today. And then he says, stop selling, start coaching. Your customers have evolved so many to your salespeople. That's why top salespeople are great coaches. Instead of training salespeople with outdated techniques your competitors use, you must transform your salespeople into consultative sales coaches who coach customers to succeed. And I, I like this. And I, I, I didn't like that. Well, I put it's a bit idealistic. I think it's a bit idealistic. I think the whole mm, process with Rosen's book, the, the bit that I've read, is about asking people questions to get them to realise the answer themselves. You know, like t- touch of psychology. Okay, and then we're into chapter two. Love this. Do you know what I put on this? We should, you should have started at page 46. Because actually, what I do really like about this is basically what Rosen has done here is created a model. Keith, what Keith has done here. Sorry, Keith. What Rosen has done here is created a model that you can follow. And, it's and ri- I love a model. But it's, uh, can I just say, 
it's really followable. Yeah. Actually. I think you'd sit there with your book. But then I think after a year... Because I'm you still trying to work out the Sandler Sail submarine. <laughs> but this I understood straight away. Now, actually, there's two sides to it. There's one which is... Two versions, sorry. There's one which is the long version, one which is the short version. You should have started, in my opinion, with the short version and then said, oh, there's a longer version. Because when you read the longer version, I mean, it's absolutely excellent and you can write notes on every page. Yeah. But then actually the shorter version... But for our listeners... What, you know, uh, uh, I'm on 28 here. For our listeners, the, the overall gist is good coaching is all about asking questions, not telling the salesperson what to do. But and there's a about, lot of leading in it. Correct. It's about taking using the questions to get the salesperson to come up with the Because that's what he answer. calls it, leads, doesn't he? Fabulous. I love it. Love the anacronym. Um, it's all about using your questioning technique to get the salesperson to come up with a solution and then get to it to a point at which you've then got a accountable commitment well, 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 that he, you can then go back to without you ever having told the, the salesperson what to do. Well, it's put questions in a universal language. I put That's yeah. a good start. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, you know, you can pick through the questions if you want, but the basic model of it is, you know, he says, you know, I'm, I'm your manager and I sit down with you and I say, listen, Jonathan, if you got from 70 to 100% target, what would that mean for you? And I just think that's a great start, isn't it? Yeah. He's taking you through a process of me asking you whether you know what you need to do. Yeah. Then he's taking you through the process of me sort of leading you in terms of what you need to do. Gently. Gently. Yeah, very gently. He's not pushing. No. But he's helping you pull yourself in, correct. The, in the direction. Correct. And then we're making a commitment of the fact that you're going to do it. Yeah. To which I'm going to, to which we're going to well, hold each other. you're sold on it. To which we're both going to hold each other deeply accountable. Absolutely. And, and then you're in it. And I've got to say, you compare that to, and let's be clean, I remember placing a guy, and he's a lovely fella. You called Darren if you're out there. Um, and the guy that hired him said to me, he said, listen, Mike, I want to hire Satan in a suit. <laughs> now, actually, he's a lovely, lovely man. You know, you have a pint with him, you think he was great. Satan in a suit wasn't far off. What, that you placed there in the end? Oh. Man, I mean, I like him. There's no doubt about it. I'd love to have a pint with him. He's a really nice fella. We invited him to the Curry Club. Right. In Christmas, the Christmas thing. is I don't know if he's coming, but he's been invited to it. God, he's aggressive. I think he would shout like hell at them. There's a good Aesop's fable that, that if you ever heard about a wind in the sun, Aesop's fable. I'll be very quick then. So these fellas walking down the street, the wind and the sun say, right, let's see who can get, let, let's see who can take the fella's coat off first. The wind blows and blows. The more the wind blows, the more the man buttons his coat up. Then the sun goes, tell you what, I'll get it. And the sun just shines brighter and brighter. And in the end, the man takes the coat off himself. Yeah. This is the same thing. Yes, it is. I'm not shouting at you, but I'm going to lead you down a path where you realise that's what you've got to do. And I'm not directing. I'm not directing. I, 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 made, I made a note later on in the book that semantically, maybe for companies to really adopt coaching, there has to be a rethink around titles we give to people in sales leadership positions. Okay. Yeah, I can see because that. if I'm a sales manager, semantically, I've been told my job is to manage. Well, it's interesting, isn't but it? But if I'm head of sales coaching, my job is to coach my sales I'm people sure to we success. Knew somebody, we placed his daughter at Veeam, Kate Jackson. Yeah. What was that? Was that called Pete Jackson? Yeah. Wasn't he a set? Wasn't he a coach of big deals at EMC or Dell or somewhere? I think so. And his job wasn't actually to shout at people; it was more to coach them. He was a it, well. Interestingly, Lauren and I were talking about a chap that, we've, that, that I know listens to Mark Buck and Jones. Mark had a very big role within Oracle that was not 
have some similarities to that. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that was great. But you're absolutely probably right. Because I think that, I mean, Keith mentions it earlier on in the book. We do need to cover what's in this chapter because we're talking around it a little bit. But um... hang up your cape, Keith, problem solver. If you really want to be a hero, bring out the hero in. What page are we on now? That's 33 where he's talking he's just going through the leads process so have we talked through the leads process for the listeners here in enough detail i, I think, think what we should give is just a very brief do you want to just do well, a I've quick got, well, well i've got i've got the so, so the process is leads l-e-a-d-s yeah that stands for learn enroll assess define support yeah and keith for the camera you can see that um has put together um, you know, a chart. Maybe basically, we'll, maybe we'll get a. Lauren, could you make a note? We'll get a slide of that next week, just to show anybody and, who's and watching. And basically, on the video. what 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 Keith's saying is, let's say you know I'm the sales manager, you're the sales man. I'm saying, listen, Jonathan, tell me where you're at. What's happening? You say, well, I'm at fifty percent, and I say, how's that for you? And you say, yeah. It's... And I say, so if we could bump that up by you know twenty percent, how would you feel? Yeah. That's the leap. That's the learn bit. Then I'm getting you to enrol in it. I'm getting you to buy the process. Then I'm getting us to assess what we need to do to get there. Yeah. Then we're taking out some decisions on it. Yeah. And then I'm going to offer you support to fulfil on the decisions. Yeah. What we're also well, there's the define bit where you're uncovering why, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Confirm yeah. what was assessed to ensure alignment and understanding the gap. Seek to understand their point of view. Identify and define the root cause. And then what comes out of the define bit, and this is the key bit, is to identify the core coaching moment that unlocks and encourages the new way of thinking, doing. Brilliant. Yeah. And I mean, in the book itself, he then has got just question after question after question for each one of them. I just wrote next to it, really practical, really useful. I mean, it's brilliant. I, I've got to tell you now, I'm going to do a coaching call with our colleagues next week. and I'm going to use. I mean, I, I mean, I've I've put great on every page about twenty times. Here's one. And what's what's been nice about this book for me thus far has been, you know, we've read lots of books like the Jordan Belfort book, and no, no disrespect to Jeb Blount because I did enjoy Objections and and I'm, you know, Fanatical Prospecting is one of my favourite ever sales books, but all of those books are written as appetite wetters to get you to buy more training if you really want to unlock the in secrets yeah well i'm a very cynical human being uh, you know almost like scientology so you can go through your steps <laughs> but if you want to go through your steps you've got to sign up and join the, join the cult, right whereas here actually this is this is the content is there listen this is how you do it but actually i wouldn't be surprised that if keith rosen was getting a lot of great consultancy work out I will go off the back of this. But um, actually, I could apply what I've read in here tomorrow. It's like a Haynes manual. Yeah, yes. And that's my kind of... With, with, with all of the bits. Yep. Not the bits greyed out. Yep. But he's got loads of great questions. Support. I mean, this just happens to be open on this page. Jonathan, if you couldn't use that as an excuse anymore, how would you... So cool. What a great question. It's, a, it's, it's quite a tough question. Nice, though. Not aggressive, not intense. Yeah, yeah, but you've had all the other bits teeing you up for it. Yeah. The, the you've previous got your bits rapport, just soften you up a little bit. You've buy into the, to the conversation. Correct. Absolutely. Correct. Yeah. Sim the, for me, so, what's going on? Uh, opening up a conversation with, with, a, with a colleague. Yes, I put, actually, I put that there. Nice what's question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's yeah, on yeah. your mind? What gives? And Dead then, simple. And then he's talking about 
request the coaching action plan. So we've had our coaching plan. You've told me that what's going on. You're then going to send me a plan as to what you're going to do. Yeah. And actually, you send me the plan. It's a few things, isn't it? It's me. I can then hold you accountable. But it's you holding yourself accountable. Absolutely. And, it's a and good you're cementing. And that's where the manager rather than the coach kicks in and makes an accurate note of, I agreed X with colleague Y, day Z, and we agreed follow up on day X at time Z, to which I can then hold concerned accountable. Because mm. I think the sales... That's, that's when, if necessary, you're more of a manager. We agreed you were going to do X, but yeah, day Y. Have you done it or have you not? And, and then at least you know whether, you're, whether your colleague is coachable or not. For me, what I'm finding about this is a lot of it's very elegant. Um, it, it, you know, in the assess phrase, phraseology question, when you say difficult, frustrated, pushing back, qualified, overwhelmed, how do you mean? Now, how do you mean? That's the Samaritan's question. That's the number one question. Well, it's coaching. It's a proper coaching and counselling I used to ask question. that all the time. Well, I actually wrote here, we're into proper counselling and listening here. Yeah, beautiful. It's a really beautiful question. How, how do you, you mean? mean? How do you mean? Because you can pretty much attach, how do you mean, to anything. How's your day been? How do you mean? Yeah, well, it's Just also, anything. if you've ever read anything on clean language, what you would say is, and that's like what? I'm not, but fair enough. I so it. it's the other one. So when you say frustrated, and that's like what? Yeah, yeah, I get how it works. And, and, he's, and he's into what is, in reality, is using very clean questioning there. And then the, the other bit, define, recap what you've heard. So to ensure I've captured what you've shared, what I'm hearing is, and what I'm hearing is, is a very Samaritan-y, child-line-y, counselling-y question, isn't it? Beautiful. Really but good, very elegant and very professional and very classy. And, and so, I can see it fitting any individual. I can see it fitting an aggressive one or not an aggressive so one. So if, if, if somebody was to say to me, what do you make of this book? Should I use Yes, but don't paraphrase what's written. Yes, I agree with that. Because it's written that's, very that's, carefully. That's been written very carefully and very elegantly. And it would be shame if somebody paraphrased that. Anyway, so that's his model, and then he goes on to chapter three, which is the Leeds Coaching Model at Work. Okay. Um, and I mean, again, you know, this has got individual sort of um, uh, examples of, of, of how it works. It was good, that. Yeah, I liked it. Liked okay. It. He then steps through a little bit. So Can gives... I go back one, one final thing course, from, yeah, yeah. from, from, from uh, chapter two? Uh, was there's a tip from the coach which is want to shorten the coaching model consider this once your team is enrolled and appreciates the value of coaching you don't need to keep re-enrolling them in every conversation now the leads coaching model becomes the lads coaching model um, and if you ever experience any resistance to your coaching or the observations you share it's simply a re-enrollment opportunity to reset expectations and clarify your intentions i wrote here why not just share the model with your people and have them coach themselves I'd definitely share the model with them. I think that's a good idea. Why would you not just say to people, listen, I'm going to try this. This is the model I'm going to use. So how about this? There's the model. Next time we have a call, make sure you've read it before we start the call. Oh, I would definitely ask the sales people as well as the sales manager to read this book. Yeah. 100%. 100%. So then chapter three, make uh, co mo blah, 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 blah. coaching model at work. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the first few pages of this, I'm not dumbing them down, but they're just giving you examples of it. That's they're fine. good examples. They're good examples. They, they, yeah, they, yeah, they're yeah. examples and case studies. And... Yeah, yeah. They're, they are good. Yeah, they yeah. are. They are. Good. And then the first bit I I highlighted here was, um, yeah, it was the bit I've already mentioned, which is about the concept of rethinking the language that we use on job titles for leadership roles. 
Or do you know, the next thing I got to was page 58, or the next bit of note for me was page 58, and it says, justifying your role as a super salesperson. Um, and he's talking about how managers get involved in the sales process and take on one of the team's problems. And yeah. yeah, I mean, you see that a lot. You know, you'll see a sales manager taking a sale off a salesperson to do it, and then, you know, they're surprised that the salesperson... And then taking the glory. And they're surprised that the salesperson isn't happy with that. Um, and, and, but I think that comes from a few things. I think number one is the way a lot of companies hire or promote is going to create that problem. You pick your best salesperson, put them in a sales management role, they're 50% target on the month, what are they going to do? They're going to sell. 100%. They're going to sell. Or they haven't hired correctly, they're well, going you put, to sell. If you put Gareth Bale on the touchline, said, you're in charge now, Gareth. You're player manager. You're player manager, and the team's 2-1 down in, in El Clasico with 10 minutes left to play. Do you think Gareth Bale's going to sit there saying, listen, lads, I've got a great or die, great idea, or do you think he's going to warm up and get on the paddock? Well, he's going to warm up and get on the paddock, but do you know what? When they get to that same problem again, can't keep getting in. Uh, correct. And at some point, he's going to get too old to play. And that's what sort of, well, I mean, we've paraphrased, paraphrased Rosen a little bit, but that fundamentally is what he's saying. And I, he's 100% right about that. But we've all done it. Uh, yeah, and I see a lot of... Oh, I don't manage people really I've done a lot. I've done a lot of it. Help G you, guilty it? as charged. I think most people are really. I'm guilty as charged. Uh, Binning it. Good with it. Then he talks about... He's polite here because he doesn't want to use the word shit hitting the fan. <laughs> <laughs> he spends about half a page. Um, but what he's saying about here is it's too late, it's too late, it's too late. You know, it's hit the fan. It, 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 he's right. And he's bringing out two things here, which is one, what can we learn from that so that we don't have to wait for it to be too late further on? And also he talks about the fan blowing the problems away. And he said, if you put a bit of paper in front of a fan, the uh, yeah. fan will blow it away. If you put a stone in front of a fan, it won't. So, so just sort so your bits of paper out. Correct. So what he's talking about is the point at which it's quarter end, stuff's get, it's, as Alex Ferguson used to say, it's squeaky bum time. Mm. Deal's on the line. Pressure's coming in from head office, the city, God knows where, and all of a sudden, actually, the shit's hitting the fan and it's tense and it's stressful and the impact that that coaching to an extent and the importance of actually holding you know telling yeah yeah now i actually wrote here um great because we all know that that's the point at which most sales leaders become directive and stop coaching and you can see why they've got targets like everybody it's else like, and, and you know i was talking to lauren about this the other day your natural predilection is listen mate ring the client say that 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 have you written that down yeah right just do it yeah next you do that, 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 and you and you become directive because you haven't got the time. For me, I th I've written here. I think that a lot of coach, a lot of this is a hiring issue. hundred oh, percent. I said that throughout and the start. Maybe yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. but because actually, it's great. You know, you want people who are coachable, and you want people who are gonna that you can work with when when the shit hits the fan. But actually, t companies have to cut their cloth. Money that they've got to spend. Mm -mm. So. You know, what I wrote here was, it's easy to send Real Madrid out to express themselves, but other managers have to direct and drive and create process. And that's a good analogy. I agree with you on that. So, you know, it's easy for me to sit there as, you know, a Pep Guardiola style and say, listen, boys, well, let's go, go, right. out, I can go out there and play I can your manage game. Man City this weekend and they Correct. win. Go out there and play. Enjoy yourselves, fellas. And at 2-0 down, they can come in and they can look to me and say, boss, what do we do? 
and you can look to your senior players and say, well, what do you think? And your senior players who are so experienced are going to say, oh, this is what I'd do, boss. You go, what do you, else, what do you boys think? And they'll go, yeah, that's what we'll do. And you can send them out with a game plan and you've had a coaching conversation at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. But if you've got a team that you've got to cut your cloth, well, look, then look, actually... Well, look at what Ranieri did with Leicester. Correct. You play them to a structure and a process and a system. Because he had to do that. And actually, you're not interested in coaching, you're managing and you're telling. Play like that and you stick to well, that. Well, that was the point about Satan in the suit. They got somebody. And I tell you what, that team's been very successful and he's been a very good hire and he's still there. The client made a smart hire. He said, I want somebody to shout at people and tell them what to do. Yeah, and, and hold the structure. And, and guess what? They've been really successful. But yeah, they've got the hiring right. Absolutely. And they're never going to play beautiful football and they're never going to be 150% target like that. And I do accede that... Well, Rick Rosen's way is the right way, but it's yes, an ideology that you is... Will never get, you'll never have a team of hyper-overachievers if you are completely directive and then you've turned them into automatons. Mm. But actually, not every client can can be in a position to empower and cope and well, allow the, well, that well, freedom of well, thinking. Well, look at the some of the clones that you meet. Yeah. You know, that are, that are that way out. Anyway, that was all I was... I think we're pretty much at the end of Chapter 3, really. Yeah. Coaching versus, coaching versus training is an interesting point. Training is what you do to get good at being a salesperson. Yes, yes. Yeah, uh, I thought that was really useful. Sales training is what you need to become a salesperson. Sales coaching is what you need to become a champion liked that and i think that is true and that's very much in many respects congruent with what i've just said about yes i agree completely. getting real madrid to play um then he talks about role playing the back end i wrote here how many 100k guys are going to have to have the humility to role play well, you know, i think more and more actually well maybe that's well, why one of, the, one of your big C cpm vendors uh one of my it was one of my candidates actually had a uh a, it was a role play no two ways about it it was a role play what an interview yeah yeah candidate was fine with it yeah well you should be so we've done three chapters we've got through them very quickly and actually i have to say i could have quite happily have sat here for another 45 just on the first chapter on the first chapter there's a lot to get into so thus far but overall 26 episodes of book club this is most most highly but recommended. i'll tell you what i would summarize the, these first three chapters as is number one have you got a culture that is suitable for coaching and if not how do you get one yeah that's a good part. And there are some good thoughts as to Good thoughts. Number two is, I've got a process to help you coach your sales staff. Yep. And number three is, here's what's wrong with the people you've got doing the job. They're the three extent. chapters, really. And I, think, and I think if you took those and then broadened them out, that's pretty much uh, uh, what that book's about. But it's good. Great. So next week, we're going to do four chapters. We're going to do chapters four. How many pages is that? <laughs> well, just thinking uh, not only that, time, but, really. Not only that, but next week is a recorded episode. So we're doing it on Monday. And we're going to do it on Monday. It's all right. So... It's all right, because my daughter's at this boring taekwondo thing. for two hours, <laughs> so I'm going to sit there and read this book. So it's, so it's going to be chapters four, five, six, and seven. A lot of pages, that. Is it? A lot. My... Over the weekend. Mm. I'm not so bothered about that. I'm more thinking... That I feel that we've rushed today a little bit, actually. Yeah, okay. Maybe we need to Our discuss content it on has Monday. been rushed today. Yeah, we've piled through it a bit, haven't we? Okay. I'm not bothered necessarily about reading it. We'll be doing at least chapters four, five, and six. We might throw in seven, depending on how we get on over the weekend. Um, at that, Michael, big plans for the weekend, other than watching kids do taekwondo? Four to eight. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's 65. We've just done 64. And the, letter, um, and the letters are small. I know, yes. Uh, much plan this weekend... Yeah, out with the boys tonight. Lucky you. 
that should be good. Yeah. Uh, and it's my daughter's 10th birthday. Happy birthday, honey. Uh, on Tuesday. So we've got a bit of a family thing this weekend because she's going to go mental next weekend. Lovely. Right. Crazy. Rock and roll. Super duper. Thank you very much, everybody. See you next week.